How you doing, One Heart? It's awesome to be here. Hey, uh, let's honor Pastor Josh and the team. This, uh, yeah, my first time in uh, Port Lincoln. This is the furthest west I've been in South Australia. Um, like Pastor Josh said, yeah, I'm from Brisbane. I moved in the start of 2020. Um, yeah, that some my pastors in Brisbane approached me. I'm from a church called IC Church. It's been there for almost 20 years now. Um, and I was finishing up Bible college, and they said, hey, Liam, pray about moving to Adelaide. I went, all right, fine, here we are. Came down to visit, uh, prayed and fasted, and here I am, living in Adelaide, um, leading a local youth ministry. Um, look, what else is there about me? I, I want you just to know me before I just start talking. I like soccer. Anyone, any soccer fans out there? No, wow. We're in South Australia, and almost, oh, thank you, almost country South Australia, so why would anyone like soccer, hey? I love AFL. Yeah, there we go. I don't actually, but I don't actually, but hey, if that's going to connect with you, then that's what I'll use to connect with you. But uh, yeah, I've got a simple message uh, for you tonight. Let me uh, start timing myself, because otherwise people can lose track. Um, Hey, so let's jump right into it. Hey, there'll be some verses on the screen. You can follow with me. If you've got your Bibles, use that as well. But we're going to jump to Mark chapter 5, verse 25 to 34. And it says this, A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. Who knows that's a tough situation when, you know, even the doctors can't really help you out. We believe in a supernatural God, absolutely, but we also believe that God gave us doctors, God gave us medicine, God made science, right? And not even the doctors could help her, right? In fact, she had gotten worse, she, but she had heard about Jesus. So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. And immediately, everyone say immediately. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him told him what she had done and he said to her daughter your faith has made you well go in peace your suffering is over if you're taking notes tonight oh i need a title for a message anyway the title for my message tonight is jesus is the key right we go through life trials come at us but who knows there's a savior right died on the cross two thousand years ago his name was jesus right your, your miracle is not going to come from posting it on Facebook. It's not going to come from your teachers, right? It's not going to come from chatting to your friends. But Jesus is the key to every situation in our life, every breakthrough that we need and every miracle that we need in our life, right? I just got a few points for you tonight on my personal experience, right? These aren't the, this isn't the be all and end all, right? But this is why Jesus is the key from my experience, right? First thing, perspective. Right, this woman, with her, her issue, her disease, she had a different perspective of the crowd around Jesus, right? We don't know exactly how many were there, but there could have been 20, 30, 40, 50. But one woman 
out of that crowd had a, had a different perspective from everyone else that if I can just touch something Jesus is even connected to, not even himself, but if, if I can just touch his robe, then I can be healed, right? And uh, last year, I think it was last year, in June, my, one of my best mates came down to visit me in Adelaide, uh, came all the way down. And he, he, this guy, he's a, he loves photography, he's super creative and all that kind of gear, right? And he asked me, he's like, where can I go for photos? And I'm a simple guy. I like sport. I like my Xbox. And I love church and Jesus, right? I'm happy with that. Right? But this Toby's like, my friend Toby, he came to visit. He is a creative guy, loves photography. He'll go on three-hour drives just to take a photo of a wa- of waterfall. It's like, yeah, that's, not, that's not for me, hey. But he texts me, he's like, where can I go in Adelaide to take photos and stuff? And I was like, I don't know. Like, you're going to have to do the Googling yourself, right? He comes down, he hires a car, and he goes around. Toby went to more places in Adelaide in one day than I did in an, a year and a half of living here, right? Why is that? Because Toby had a different perspective than I did. And he knew that he could find some awesome places to capture on photos. He knew there was some awesome sightseeing to be done across Adelaide, right? My perspective was this little thing of, oh, you know what? I just live here and I'm serving Jesus. His was, if I'm going to come and visit, I'm going to find the greatest places. Does anyone know like the, the, the Buddha statue in Adelaide? He even, there's, there's like a big statue. Yeah, thank you. And even with that, he's like, look, I found this statue. I was like, awesome. Right? But Toby had a completely different perspective to me, which allowed him to have an awesome time on the first day that he lived, uh, that he visited, more than what I had ever seen in my year and a half of living here. Right? Perspective is so important in our life when we're facing trials and tribulations and things aren't going our way. One of the most simple but most effective things we can do when things in life are tough is take a step back and check our perspective. You know, have have a think. Am I focusing on my problem? this small little thing that won't matter for eternity? Or am I focusing on Jesus, right? King of heavens, Lord of lords, name above all names, right? Am I focusing on my problem and and what's happening now? Or am I focusing on Jesus, the one I know who died on the cross for my sins and and the the one who who can provide my miracles and breakthrough, right? Because the size of the problem won't change. That's the reality, right? Things go wrong in life, but the size of our problem won't change but when we measure up the power of God to our problem and change our perspective from here up to the heavens and look at Jesus we can clearly see again that Jesus is always bigger and always more powerful than anything we face right the woman with the, with the issue had a different perspective to everyone else in the crowd everyone else is there just for hype they just heard about Jesus passing through just wanted to see what this guy was about and this woman comes with a need she comes with an expectation changes her perspective of what everyone else has and says if I can just touch the robe something that he is connected to she'd be healed and what did she get she got her healing she got a miracle all because she saw something different about the name of Jesus and what everyone else is there for right if you want to see change and breakthrough in your life let me encourage you take your perspective off this problem Stop magnifying your problems and making that the bigger deal. Instead, look up to Jesus. Shift your eyes onto Jesus because I know He's got a miracle in store for you today, right? We just got to push through the crowd. We've got to block out what the world might tell us. We live in a world today where you can be anything you want but a Christian, right? You can be anything you want but a believer of Jesus. But I'm telling you, 
believing in Jesus will always be the only way to make it into heaven. Jesus will always be the key to salvation. He'll always be the key to your breakthrough, right? Maybe we even need to stop listening to what our friends are telling us, what our family's telling us. We need to push through all the distractions and everything else that gets in the way of, of our miracle and shift our eyes and our perspective onto Jesus. Amen? Amen. The second uh, point I have tonight, it's very simple. I've got practical points. I'm, I'm a practical guy. Um, you know, it's, a, it's an easy way to live life. My second point, prayer. Who knows prayer is powerful? Prayer changes things. I love praying. I love praying in the tongues. I love praying in English until I run out of words. Does anyone run out of words? And then you just flip back to tongues. It's like unlimited creativity because I don't know what I'm saying. Only God knows. All right? But it'll be on the screen with me. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Amen. Have you ever prayed about something and then been surprised that the prayer was actually answered? I have. But why? Why are we surprised? Why do I get surprised when God answers a prayer? Right, it says in the Bible that he's a prayer answering God. So we shouldn't be surprised when we come to him with a prayer request, right? And then he answers it and we go, oh, I did not expect that. Like, wow, that is cool. We should do it again sometime, Jesus. Right? When I was in Bible college, I, um, I was poor. I had a job. Uh, I was working. I'm still poor, but, you know, I just work more and money disappears because I live out of home. But I was only working like two days a week as interning, doing Bible college and all that kind of gear. So I got uh, Study that helps you pay bills and stuff when you're a student. But here's the thing. I'm a procrastinator. I do everything late. It's not a good lifestyle. Do not procrastinate, all right? Please, for your own sake. And I had to fill in this form to say that I wanted this extra $1,000 from the government so I could help pay for my textbooks and all that kind of gear. And it's like called a startup loan. And I filled it out late. And I was like, ah, well, guess I can forget about that. I think it gets like a month later. I'm at the fuel station, filling up my car, open up my bank account to tra transfer some cash to my card. And what's in my bank account? That thousand, no, <laughs> not nothing. Uh, you wish, you wish. That thousand dollars, right? Why? Even though I'd left it to the last minute and I was silly with it and I, did, I took it in prayer to God and he answered it, right? When we stop focusing on our problems and we start praying, things change because prayer is powerful. Right? The Bible says there's power, uh, there's life and death in the power of the tongue. I want to encourage you tonight, don't discourage yourself, don't discourage your, uh, your situation, but instead pray about everything. The Bible says don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. You know, it may, be not be in the, may, may not be in the way we expected or wanted exactly, but God responds to faith-filled prayers and He has all power and all authority to do a miracle. When Jesus taught his disciples how to pray in Matthew chapter 6, he starts by saying, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed meaning greatly revered and honored. Right? So he doesn't say start with the list of everything you need. Because we've all done that before, right? The, shop, the, the shopping list prayer. Like, God, I'll take, amen. Yeah, yeah. God, I'll take a wife over here. I'll take like a car over here. I'll take a 
miracle of healing over here or I'll take a salvation in my family over here. Right, we don't just take our shopping list to God, but when we pray, we start with Jesus, you're worthy. God, I honor you and I thank you for all you've done in my life. Before I bring my needs, I just want to praise you and thank you for saving me, for delivering me from a life of sin, right? Because living life with Jesus is not about using him as an ATM. That's the truth. Just going and making transactions doesn't work, right? God is a, a God of relationship. He's a God that wants to know you and be with you every day. It's a life of every day building and strengthening our relationship with Him, right? God's not an ATM, but when we constantly pray every day, when we read our Bible every day, when we praise God every single day, and we say, God, I love you, before we take our shopping list of things that we need Him to do, when we just admire Him and honor Him and glorify His name, and we build relationship with Him, then we start seeing prayers answered, right? My last point tonight is, uh, is praise. I love praise. I'm a musician. I play drums. I uh, play a little bit of bass. And I got to lead praise for the first time a couple weeks ago. That was probably the scariest thing I've done in my life, right? But let me tell you this. Praise is a weapon. And the devil will do anything he can to stop your praise because that's what we were created to do, right? When we get into heaven, we're spending eternity praising God. If you don't like praising, you better start liking it now. Because that's what we're going to be doing in heaven, right? We're going to be sitting at the throne of Jesus, praising Him for all eternity. And the enemy knows the power that praise can carry because it's what he did before he was kicked out of heaven, right? He knows the power that it carries. So he'll do whatever he wants, uh, whatever he can, sorry, to stop you from praising God. Acts uh, chapter 16, verse 25 to 26. I think that one will be on the screen as well. I think we all have heard this in our lifetime at some point, but the story of Paul and Silas in the prison, right? They're going around talking about Jesus, preaching the gospel, proclaiming His goodness and His love for everyone. They get arrested, they're thrown into a prison, right? That was the reality back then. When people preached Jesus, they were persecuted, they were attacked, they were mocked, and they were thrown into prison, right? Acts chapter 16, verse 25 to 26, though, it says, Around midnight... Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains fell off every prisoner. It wasn't just Paul and Silas that they fell off, right? The chains of every prisoner fell off. Right? In every situation that we face, especially in the hard times when things aren't going our way, right? We need to praise God in every situation. When we feel like it, we praise God. When we don't feel like it, we praise God, right? We praise when things are good and we praise when things are tough because my praise shouldn't depend on my circumstance. Praise doesn't depend on what, what we're feeling that day, right? This morning in church at the 9, 9.30, 9 a.m., 9 a.m. service, I was tired. I was up late last night preparing for tonight, and I was tired. But as soon as I get into the house of God, my garment of praise comes on, and it doesn't matter how tired I am. It doesn't matter what's happened during the week, right? Because praise isn't dependent on my circumstance. Praise was dependent on what God did for us 2,000 years ago, and that will be for eternity, right? If Paul and Silas can praise the name of Jesus in the middle of the night when they're chained down in the lowest prison cell and locked up, we can praise in whatever we're going through, right? 
I don't tell you that just because it's the right thing to say. I tell you because I've had to get that revelation for myself, right? I've had to get that revelation in my own life that Jesus is always worthy of being praised. And part of my testimony is that um, I grew up in a loving Christian family. We always went to church and all that kind of gear. Uh, but unfortunately, my dad was always sick even before I was born. He had arthritis. He had a couple of things that, that just deteriorated his health, right? And uh, when I was 13, um, came home from school one afternoon. Mum sitting in the oh, she's talking to our senior pastor, bawling her eyes out in, her, in, my, in our pastor's arms, right? Like, well, this isn't a good day, right? I get in the car. Mum's like, I don't know how to tell you this, but your dad's got cancer, right? Now, 13 years old, that's a pretty hardcore thing to take, right? Fast, uh, fast track to just over a year later. It's a Wednesday morning. I wake up. Um, 15 years old this time. I'm getting ready for school. I'm staying with my friend's family and, and his parents. Mum says, get in the car. I'll take you home. My, uh, my mum says, kids, I'm sorry, but your dad's passed away this morning, right? And uh, I can tell you from a personal experience, right, that I didn't want to praise. I didn't feel like praising God that day. I didn't feel like praising God that week, right? But being a musician already at that time and playing a bit of drums, I had two options. I could either blame God for everything that he'd caused in my life, taking my dad away at such a young age, or I could come in, when I, even when I didn't feel like it, when I'm in my midnight hour in my prison, chained down and burdened down, and say, God, I don't know why, but I'm still going to praise you, right? And so I didn't, I, I, on that, that morning, I went downstairs to my drum room, and I think I, I played to worship songs for like two hours. Because on that Wednesday morning in 2014, right, hearing the worst news of my life, I knew that if I wasn't going to praise God, I was going to end up somewhere else that was, would lead to a li life of destruction. It would lead to a life of hurt and pain, right? So I chose, and I, I don't know what, it, I don't even think it was my decision. I think the Holy Spirit just gripped me, right? But I just sat in my drum kit for two hours, just praising and worshiping because I felt like I had no other place to go. I had no other choice to make because I knew that every other choice I was going to make would have led to destruction, right? In that midnight hour in my prison, chained down, I just knew I had to praise God, right? But as I began to praise that morning, as I began to just probably hitting super hard, annoying the, the neighbors, but that didn't really matter back then, right? I felt this supernatural peace, right? I felt these chains and these burdens break off my life. And I had that re this revelation as a 15-year-old kid that whatever came my way, whatever attack the enemy would throw my way for the rest of my life, that I needed to keep my perspective and my sights on Jesus. I needed to keep up my active prayer life each and every day. Whatever the enemy threw at my life, I needed to continue to praise God, not because of my circumstance, right? Because the world would tell me, blame God. The world would tell me, stop going to church. If God's going to let that happen to your family, why would you keep serving Him, right? But our perspective, our prayer, and our praise shouldn't be dependent on what happens in our life and what we go through, right? Because Jesus is just worthy of praise whatever comes our way. I'll close with, with, with this scripture. Philippians 
chapter 2, verse 9 to 11. It says, Therefore God elevated him to the highest place of honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. I can tell you this with absolute confidence, putting my life on it. Jesus, uh, that, sorry, there was never a plan B. The answer was always meant to be Jesus. The answer today is still Jesus, and the answer for all of eternity will continue to be Jesus, right? I'll tell you tonight, whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, put your perspective from your problem and shift it onto Jesus. If you need something to change in your life, you need a miracle, you need a breakthrough, take it in prayer. If you're not feeling like things are going your way, go and praise Jesus, right? I can tell you, because when I was 15, I had to make that decision for myself, that praising was the only thing that would get me out of my prison, right? And for Paul and Silas, it wasn't the, the praise itself that broke them out. But the praise brought God's spirit into their situation and God broke them out of the prison, right? My praise itself didn't do anything. But my heart of praise brought down the spirit of God into my room and he touched me and he gave me a peace that I've never felt before, right? And I tell you tonight, Jesus is the key to your miracle. He's the key to your breakthrough. He's the key to restoration in your family. He's the key to healing. He's the key to salvation. Everything we need in life, Jesus is the key. So if you want to stand to your feet, we're uh, going to continue to worship for a bit, but I just want to pray for a few people. And uh, we're just going to let God do His thing. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit. And um, Pastor Josh, we invite people down the front? Is that a, is that a thing? I just want to pray for... Uh, Three groups of people, right? My three points. Perspective, prayer, praise. If you want to come down the front, that's fine. If you don't, that's all right. But if you want prayer that would change your perspective from situations, from things that would that are going on in your life, if you need to change your perspective onto Jesus, I want you to either raise your hand or come down the front because I believe that God wants to show up in your situation tonight. Awesome. Or if you want to have a, a more active prayer life, if you want to stop living a life of fear, because even at 22, right, I still have to remind myself, Liam, you've got to pray. Liam, stop living in fear. Liam, have you prayed about it? Right? It's a constant learning thing. So if you want to develop a life of, of growing in prayer, taking everything to God in prayer, you can either come down the front and raise your hand as well. Or if you need to praise God, maybe you've never been one to jump, that's fun. Maybe you've never been one to, to, to raise your hands and praise and worship, right? Because praise is a, is a weapon that the enemy will do anything he can to stop you from doing. And he knows it's a weapon. Paul and Silas had no reason to praise God in a jail cell. Who in their right mind gets thrown in prison for preaching Jesus and goes, you know what? We should actually keep preaching Jesus. We should actually keep praising his name. Right, the Bible shows us, though, what the power of praise can bring. So if you want to close your, heart, close your eyes, bow your heads.
Lift your hands to Jesus. God, I thank you for every heart in here tonight, Lord. God, I thank you that you're the key to salvation. God, you're the key to restoration in every single one of these teenagers' lives, Father God. And I declare Jesus. God, I pray that we would shift our perspective off of our problems. God, and put it onto you like the woman with the issue of blood, Father God. We would push through the crowd, push through all the, all the distractions. God, and we would change our gaze and our perspective from our problems onto you, God. And God, we would be teenagers in a youth ministry of prayer, Father God. That everything that, that comes against us, Father God, we would pray against it, God. We would take it to prayer in you, Jesus. God, I declare, even tonight, Father God, that people would begin to pray in tongues tonight, Jesus. That your Holy Spirit would come and baptize. Your Holy Spirit would fill this room and come and fall on lives tonight, Father God. And God, I declare that people would have a revelation of praise, God. Lord, that this youth ministry would be one known for passionate praise and worship, Father God, of people bringing friends just to hear the praise and worship, of, of seeing miracles and breakthroughs and signs and wonders and just the praise and worship before the preaching even starts on a Sunday night, Father God, that praise would be the, the, just the starting point. God, and I thank you right now. Now you're touching every heart, you're touching every soul, God, and I just declare tonight, Jesus, that you would show off your love to each and every person in this room under the sound of my voice, Father God.